It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers landed a wide receiver via the transfer portal. And I'm not going to be coy about it. I think he can make an impact in 2022. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. And I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's Monday. We're joined by Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com, also the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. And just a quick note, Lindsey, we are not going to talk about baseball today. We are doing this uh, before Auburn has a chance to win a regional. Um, we don't even know if they'll be playing FSU or UCLA at this point, but we will yeah, have yeah. a uh, baseball-specific segment, third segment, tomorrow um, at the end of tomorrow's show. So, uh, But we are going to talk about Coy Moore. Auburn adds another wide receiver via the transfer portal. Coy Moore, uh, he spent some time at LSU. He entered the portal back in October, and there kind of became some rumblings Going into the weekend, he took his official visit. Uh, a few people put a crystal ball projecting him to commit to the Tigers and um, saw him at the park uh, over the course of the weekend with Trevon Reed. He's a Louisiana guy. And so they're like, if you're a Louisiana guy, you get to hang out with Trevon Reed and then eventually come to Auburn because that's yep. how it all works. But looking at this guy, I'm excited about what he brings to the table, Lindsay. And here's kind of my takeaway when I look at some of what Coy Moore is, I believe he is the he has a chance to be the wide receiver that this coaching staff wants Shedrick Jackson to be. And what I mean by that is a guy that's not going to take the top off of a defense. He's not going to be a guy that catches the ball behind the line of scrimmage, but he's going to do the stuff that helps you move the chains on second and long, third and short through the passing game. Uh, I don't think he's going to be elite 20 yards or more downfield, but I think he can do some stuff in that intermediate to a little bit more shallow than that, around 10 yards downfield, and help your offense stay on the field. That's what I see with Coy Moore. Six foot, around 180. I think I saw one place list him at 190. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty solid. That is a pretty thick wide receiver um, and, and not the tallest, but he seems to be physical. And to me, that's a lot of what I see when I see Shedrick Jackson. Um, that Yeah, I, I think that's what his role is going to be carved out in this offense. Yeah, and, and talking about physicality, some of the scouting reports that I've read said that he has a skill for going up and high-pointing the ball, something they can see in practice. They see, they've see they seen him doing limited reps. So very much that that third down security blanket kind of guy that we, you know, we expected Shedrick Jackson to be and what they started off trying to use him as, yeah. uh, you know, go out. We need eight yards. He's going to get you nine. He's going to, he's going to run a hitch. He's going to run an out. He's going to go to the sticks, get you exactly what you need. And a guy that if he integrates into the offense quickly can be one of those like volume guys for Auburn. You've, we have a legacy of having like that guy who just gets tons and tons of touches from the wide receiver position going back to you know some some of the Davis guys and so sure. so I could see him being somebody who 
gets the ball early and often and, and in key situations when we have to get a first down. Yeah, his build is bigger than those guys. Mm-hmm. But it's a different regime, right? It's a different philosophy. I, I think Brian Harson is going to want his guys to be bigger than what the previous regime did. And so this kind of fits that. Um, and as far as his path to playing time, I think just due to his experience, um, I think he's got a chance for it. Normally, guys that, that enter at this point of the year, like Dezalen Warsham, like, okay, I, I don't think they're going to really contribute in 2022. I think this guy has the ability to do that. I, I think he has reps. I think he has enough film. I think he understands what it takes to start in the Southeastern Conference. Um, I think it has a chance to be a really good pickup, Lindsay. I, I, I really do. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he didn't leave because he's not good. He just left because of, I mean, playing time. He left because he needed a chance to be the guy. And we... The timing of him leaving and then staying in the portal as long as he did, it kind of makes me wonder if grades mattered. Um, I don't know that. Um, I was told that by somebody that covers LSU, that that was part of the speculation. Um, but regardless, Auburn wouldn't have added him if that wasn't cleared by now. Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't have the grades for LSU, you definitely don't have the grades for Auburn. But the fact that it was so soon after the end of the term for both LSU and Auburn makes me think that that like there's some credence there because of when grades posts and things like that. Sure. Right. And, and we know that that's something Auburn does a lot of work up front about making sure that academic mm-hmm. credits and grades can transfer in. We've had that conversation. So yeah, definitely a guy that, that can contribute. He's played in enough games. I don't, I haven't found the stats yet. If he actually shared the field with TJ Finley and has any sort of receptions from TJ Finley, haven't found that yet. Still looking for that, but Either way, just been just saying a lot of good stuff about him and impressed with what I've heard and read so far. Well, he played in 2022, so I think there's a chance of that, right? Not in 20, well, not in 22, but in 21, maybe. And yeah. he was here for 22. Yeah, I'm at I'm at 2020. I'm I'm an idiot. But yeah, yeah. So possibly, I'm sure they know each other, if nothing else. So um just Moving forward now, though, it's it, he seems to be an outside guy in this style of offense, which is what Auburn needed. I think they have plenty of guys that they feel comfortable putting in the slot, which is funny because he's only six foot. Um, some places have him listed at six foot one, like not a not a super tall guy, but I think with like some in breaking routes and that stuff that Shed Jackson was good at last year, they didn't use him in that capacity a ton. Mm-hmm. was lining him up on the outside of the field and sending him inside. I think this is something that Coy Moore could benefit from too. And so I don't know if maybe he has a chance to be, you know, the, the, the guy after behind Shed Jackson um, with getting a few reps a game and maybe more and more over the course of the season. Or maybe they just bring him in and say, okay, you're going to be the fourth receiver on this team. And then um, when Shed Jackson's gone, you got a chance to be a, a solid guy. He's got three years of eligibility left. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's eligible immediately, obviously. And so there's, I don't know, there, there's a lot of different ways this could go, and I don't really see any of them being bad. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he can catch the ball in traffic, kind of right there, tells you okay, that's obviously something that we've Auburn's got to have, you know, crossers, slants, things like that that come through the middle of the field. And I, I just find it really funny that like they brought him on campus for a visit on Friday, and he committed almost right away. And it's like okay. 
I mean, it's, and that's what we've been saying for so long. And that's kind of what hamstrung Harson at the very beginning was the inability to get guys on campus. Like when you come on campus, that's the differentiator Auburn has. And funny story, I was actually um, making my way to the media room at Jordan Hare Stadium. And I actually went through the, uh, the football locker room where they had everything set up for the, for the photographs and they had the the uniforms and everything. So I saw some stuff out there and, and you could tell they had been busy doing some stuff on Friday for these guys, getting them, you know, photos in the uniforms and the publicity stuff. And, and that's just kind of the, what has like, this is our thing. You, you get somebody on campus, they're coming to Auburn. Yeah. That's how it works. No, I, I think that's great. I think that's great. Lindsay Crosby, our guest today. Now I want to take a moment to tell you about our friends at bet online. Bet online is the number one place to bet on all of your sports Action saw a ton of lines this weekend from uh, for the college baseball World Series or the college baseball tournament. Of course, you can get in on the action there, Uh, but also the NBA finals are going on. Major League Baseball is heating up. They've got it all at Bet Online, including futures for the NFL and the college football season. The over/under for total wins for Auburn is still five and a half. So if you are a believer in the Tigers this season, there's no reason not to put your money where your mouth is for that. Bet online where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby, I want to now kind of just take a look at the wide receiver position moving forward. Okay. And it's still fascinating to me how it's deeper. The position group is significantly deeper, even with you know us not really a knowing a whole lot about the Zalen Warsham and knowing a little bit more about Coy Moore. Depth seems to be there. The body seem to be there, but um, you just look at career yards and total receptions for these team uh, for these guys. And it's, it's crazy. Coy Moore, 27 career receptions for just 248 yards in his entire collegiate career. And he comes in with under 250 yards to his name and he is third. <laughs> He's third among Auburn's roster. I mean, that's amazing as yeah. far as receivers go. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so, Shed Jackson leads away 50 catches for 657 yards. Javaris Johnson, 19 catches for 274. Coy Moore, 27 catches for 248. Then it drops off to Zevion Capers having 13 catches for 131 yards. Not going to lie, I thought he had more than that in his freshman year when he played a lot. I guess not. Same. Um, Malcolm Johnson Jr., six catches for 82. Landon King, five catches for 59 yards. And that's the list. Everyone else has no catches. Um, Tavares Dawson, Jay Fair obviously doesn't. Camden Brown, Amari Kelly, Desalen Warsham. I mean, it's just amazing to go down all of these guys, and it's like, goodness gracious, there's just not a whole lot of experience here. At all. What five guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, six receivers. Auburn has six receivers who have caught a, a pass. Six. That's amazing. 
out of 11 scholarship guys plus Landon King. I mean, like that's counting a tight end in there because that's he's true. that he's that hybrid guy. I mean, really, you've yeah, it's it's something where good and bad to this, right? Obviously, I mean, the bad is these guys now have to go through a lot of them have to go through that learning curve and those tough times mm-hmm. on the fly. But the good thing is this doesn't mean that any one person is established. This is the guy. There is no way he does not start. Now, that's probably very likely. It's probably very likely Shedrick Jackson's the first guy out there uh, week one. But like, I think one of the big arguments here, and I probably played a part into more in Warsham's recruitment, was playing time. Was sure. We don't have a stud coming back. We don't have an obvious number one and number two and number three receiver returning that you're going to be stuck behind no matter how hard you work. Harson's whole thing is you're going to, you come in, work hard, learn the offense, put in the effort. And if you're good, you will get a chance to play. And that's the good thing about Warsham has no career receptions. Uh, Moore had some decent run in, um, in his freshman year. I think he had like a six catch 60 something yard game against Old Miss in 2020. Okay. Um, but like 22 catches for 177 his freshman year. Uh, but he can earn playing time through the summer and the fall. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. And, and I don't know the timeline of when he'll get on campus for summer stuff. Um, I think that window is still available. I think he can still move in and enroll. Um, but still, like you're not going to be able to practice in front of coaches until the fall for the first time. But what gives me more hope with... Um, with more being able to play right away over Warsham is more has gotten on the field before one. That's the obvious one. But the other one is more has done it in the sec at a, you know, in a, in an era where LSU has done such a good job of putting wide receivers on the field. And that to me is telling like in the fact that he was in the same conversation with some of the guys that they've had is encouraging. I mean, this guy was a four star coming out of high school he was a top 300 recruit and uh, essentially all of the major recruiting outlets. Like there's a lot to like about the potential of this guy. It's just how quick, how quick can he be integrated into the offense? That to me is the biggest question, Lindsay. Yeah. And it, it, it's something where that's kind of up to him and we don't necessarily know, but if Brian Harson's recruiting him, that's, that tells me that, Harson's identified that he's a hard worker, identified that he has the right mindset to get better and, you know, the grinder and all, all of the stereotypes that we always put onto the Harson guys that he recruits. Yeah. Um, and I think that being on the same, having been on the same roster as TJ Finley, hopefully that there's that, that sort of preexisting relationship, not necessarily on the field, but just a relationship as far as off the field, somebody who he can go to with questions, he can get help from. And then you do have guys like Shedrick Jackson who, not a ton of production, but is a senior, has been in the SEC for four years now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knows what he's doing and can kind of hopefully is taking that leadership role in the locker room and helping some of these younger guys like a Warsham, going to help a guy like a Moore learn the playbook, learn the idiosyncrasies of playing in the SEC and and how to get on the field. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm there with you. So if you had to pick a guy on this roster right now, but as far as going into the season, I am totally putting you on the spot here. I did not tell you I was going to ask you this. You're good. But, but if you had to pick a receiver on this roster now that is impacted negatively via playing time because of this addition, who would you say this hurts the most? 
So I, I probably think about a guy that's in a similar position to what Moore is going to do as far as like an outside receiver, but an intermediate kind of mid-level guy. Um, yeah, I put you pro- yeah, probably somebody like a like a Zevi and Capers or a JJ Evans. I mean, somebody who who has been here, uh, but ne- hasn't necessarily gotten a ton of run. Sure. And now you're bringing in a talented player who can take snaps away from them. I mean, Zevi and Capers is a guy, and their games aren't the same, but is a guy that hasn't, like you said, hadn't had a ton of, ton of opportunity. We thought he had more than he did, had less playing time in year two than year one. And now you've brought in two guys at his same position uh, who have, they're shorter, but similar kind of builds and similar sorts of games. I think Capers has more top end speed, but similar kinds of games. And so what does that do to him? Does he find a way to get himself on the field anyway? Does he end up losing even more reps? What happens? Right. I'm looking at Coymore's numbers through pro football focus last year. And I mean, small sample size here. He's targeted nine times for five catches, 71 yards last year in the five games that he played in. But his receiving grade is a 64.9, and his drop grade was a 76.3. So he takes care of the football. That's something that's Love that. nice to see. Um, but, yeah, those are really the only things that stand out to me. Um, he had a good fumble rating, too. So good as in he took care of the football. But once again, it's just such a small sample size for what we saw um, last season, but still, you know, you gotta, you gotta perform what you have. And then looking at 2020, um, the sample size was a little bit bigger, played in 10 games, 33 targets. Uh, he caught 22 of them, uh, for 177 yards. His receiving grade was a little lower 62.7%. Um, but still had a good drop rating and a good fumble rating. So took care of the football, just did not get the football as much as he probably would like, which, we all assume is why he entered the portal and he should be able to get on the field. I think early this season, it's very interesting that he got less opportunities in 2021 and yet performed better with those opportunities. Now, again, small sample size caveat that could have sure. just been, yeah. he had a couple good, good, good plays on film, but just kind of interesting that from the, the outside grading numbers, he was better as a wide receiver and yet had less opportunity to perform and less reps. And so obviously something where he wasn't happy for, you know, felt that he probably could have done more and gotten a bigger role in the portal and is now here. Hopefully we can give that to him. Right. Lindsey Crosby, our guest. Hey, Plainsman Park in the Auburn Regional over the weekend is everything Auburn's about. And I'll tell you exactly what I mean by that in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. They've got a new flavor, caramel brownie. Are you kidding me? Don't you love chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? It's so good. And what if I told you that you can have all the chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite and they're going to be gone quick. But forget about dessert. They're better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 70 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with a built caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. So go check it out and a bunch of other flavors and products that they have at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Built.com, promo code LOCK15 for 
20% off built.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsey Crosby, before we uh, we jump into a little bit of the Auburn region, I just want to talk about the recruiting aspect and just what all was going on there. But um, what uh, what all do you have going on? Auburn Daily's popping. Locked on MLB Prospects is popping. Give us an update real quick. Yeah, wild time of the season right now. College is in postseason, obviously, so I've been writing just just about every single day at AuburnDaily.com, whether it's breaking down the previous game, previewing the next day. Auburn never knows who they're going to play, you know, yeah. until right before the game happens, just about. So lots of writing there. Uh, draft season's coming up for MLB, so Locked on MLB Prospects is doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of mock draft stuff. Our, our, my first mock draft actually drops on Tuesday, on tomorrow. Nice. So check that out. It's going to be a fun one there. And then, um, yeah, the merch at AU shirts. I mean, when these teams, when these players are performing the way that they are, the fans are showing their appreciation, showing their love by going out and getting some of the merch and partnering with the players. So AUShirts.com as well is just absolutely popping off. You can follow all that stuff. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, and I'm talking about all of it. Lindsay, the, the, the Auburn Regional was incredible, especially with what happened Friday night. Um, it's the most packed I've ever seen Plainsman Park. It's the most loud and energetic I've ever seen Plainsman Park. And to me, it just shows when the Auburn fan base needs to step up, they do it. And they do it in droves. And even folks that, that haven't been following this team all season, they are, they're aware of what's happening. They learn the team. They learn the players. They learn what's happening and how the postseason works because baseball is different than other sports that they typically follow. And they latch on, and they're, they're instantly passionate about it. But not only that and the support and just the, the visuals of, you know, seeing folks in the outfield now with that Operation Atmosphere that they launched and seeing folks behind third base, you know, just lining all three levels of the parking deck. I mean, it, it, that was cool. But also just seeing Auburn come out and like Bruce Pearl stood behind home plate for the vast majority of the game and just took pictures with, with fans for pretty much the whole game. Like that was really cool. You saw all of the, the the men's basketball team. They were walking around taking pictures with folks. You saw the entire women's basketball team there as well with signs showing support. Um, it, it was a really cool thing. And then you also saw, you know, Trevon Reed walking back and forth with recruits that were on visits. And it's just like the guy's rocking shades, even though it's dark out. And it's just like, man, he looks so cool. Like, he is the coolest looking person on the planet. He was, he, and he was wearing his, uh, his like receiver gloves the whole time. And it's like, Trevon, I love you. I love you so much. You're incredible. Get you a Trevon Reed. Yeah. But, but it would, I mean, you, you covered it from a different angle. I was there more as a fan. You were there as media, but like it, it was a really, really cool thing. Yeah. And, and Butch Thompson had a great comment uh, post game Saturday after the Florida state victory. Uh, drubbing, beating, whatever you want to call it, sure. um, landslide. And he said, you know, for the first time in a while, the atmosphere in Plainsman Park is kind of like a football or a basketball game. 
And to me, that was one of the big telling things. This is the NCAA works so hard to make all everything equal. Auburn was the visiting team for game two because yeah. Florida State hadn't had a chance to be the home team yet. Like the NCAA works so hard to try to level everything. And the only differentiator that Auburn gets is the fact they sleep in their own beds and they have the fans behind them. And uh, the fans have just been fantastic all weekend. It's been lines at the gate when they opened. It's been loud. It's been noisy. You've been drowning out Florida State Seminoles. They have their dumb chance, and you've been drowning them out between uh, helmet guy and just fans on their own and students being loud. Uh, it's been a – there was one point, I want to say it was maybe third or fourth inning. I'm sitting in the press box, and I just heard to somebody, and I'm like, we get paid to do this. We get paid to come to this environment and watch baseball. It's great. And and it's it's been absolutely fantastic this weekend. Yeah, it's been cool. And so it, it, just to see all of the different sports come in and support it mm-hmm. was really, really cool. And even Friday night, I guess that was the night that they took the official visitors or maybe the unofficial visitors too into Jordan-Hare. And like they were given a light show. And so you could see that from my seats as well. It was just a really cool environment, and I think Auburn stepped up, and I think Auburn delivered. And so if you were there Friday night, shout out to you. I think that was an incredible environment. I know this baseball team appreciates it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, we'll recap the weekend um, on tomorrow's show, the last segment of tomorrow's show. So it'll be Charlie Tuesday for the first two segments, and Lindsay will come back for the final segment. But until then, Lindsay, how can people find you one more time? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Big week coming up with MLB draft stuff coming up. Uh, yep. The writing, AuburnDaily.com. I'm dropping stuff just about every single day. And then the merch, AUShirts.com. Check it all out. Lindsey Crosby does it all at an elite level, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. A little Charlie Tuesday action as Auburn Message Support legend, Charlie Five, joins us. We'll talk a little bit more coy more. We're not going to be coy about it. You know what I'm saying. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.